Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Underrated. We are the Undercast Company, as per usual. And of course, my lovely co-hosts, Ariel Ortiz and Derek McDuff. Hey, how's it going? And today we're going to be talking about a film that I picked. And it is pretty recent. I know we're kind of breaking the rules a little bit, but I was like really cur- I was really excited to talk about it. I felt like, especially now we live in an age where like, I don't want, I don't like the term, but elevated horror. I know people like that term because it's fancy or whatever, but I feel like we're in a great age of like horror in general where we're getting a lot of bangers. And this one, I'm very shocked that didn't get talked about. It came out in 2020. It's called Possessor and it's written by Brandon Cronenberg. And yes, it's the son of David Cronenberg. I didn't know. I didn't just a preference. I didn't catch the name until afterwards and but afterwards i was like makes sense now everything yeah. makes sense now <laughs> just leave it at that <laughs> yeah i saw the poster and i was like oh this is some cronenberg looking shit and then i see directed by brandon cronenberg i was like i guess that makes sense you're not wrong i guess he's got his influences in mm-hmm. and yeah starring andrea riseborough christopher abbott and sean bean and spoilers sean bean dies in this one too does he? He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He d- he survives. Yeah, he, he survives. Got no, oh, no, he's no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. He's you're right. stable condition. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Cut Which that is, off. We'll <laughs> talk about it more because uh, so, yeah. I'm so used to seeing him die. I didn't get a chance this week to rewatch it because I just was working overtime, and every night I'd get home and just knock out. And right now, I didn't even have a chance. So I was like, I'm pretty sure he did because I remember there was a lot of blood. I mean, there's a lot of blood throughout the movie. So I was like, yeah, he died. I think that's <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so pretty much the plot of this film is an assassin. There's like a special machine where her hits, they, they implant a little device in the back of their head. And essentially the machine transports her mind and possesses the person that is closest to their hit so they can kill them. And then she'll commit suicide and her like consciousness goes back to her body. It's kind of the basic plot of the film. And yeah, so I, I was really excited. I love, I like David Cronenberg. I haven't seen all this stuff, but I was really excited to see Brandon Cronenberg stuff. And I was like, you know what? They're both killing it. Keep it in the family. That's awesome. But yeah, I want to hear what you guys thought. It's a very weird movie. Uh, very very weird <laughs> as a Cronenberg movie is I guess I haven't I don't really have that much um experience um personal experience with with Cronenberg's work um the Cronenbergs I guess you could say now but I do know their notoriety and and their their theme of of like how creepy they are I mean I know the fly in general like and and yeah, it is very much like that kind of movie. I at one point I was like, this is very another movie I haven't watched, but I know the imagery because it's like so ingrained in pop culture. Like I was like, this is very much like an Eraserhead movie thing, like kind of David Fincherish a bit. But I guess that is just like Cronenberg in general. And um, yeah, it 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 it's very. I think it's a very complicated movie, very graphic. 
um, in all sense of the word. I mean, I was like, how many sex scenes you gotta have kind of thing? Like, there was a <laughs> lot of sex scenes in this in this movie. About um, half as much as one episode of Game of Thrones. Not even, yeah. like, it, like <laughs> not even that many. Like, Game of Thrones, like, I think, like, like had this many within maybe, like, a season. Oh, <laughs> no, Game seasons. of Thrones, it was like, little yeah. fingers, like, I need to tell something born to the audience, we gotta have a sex scene. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's just like it was an insane movie. I really feel bad for like the the one that she possesses. I, I do because I was rec- I recognized the actor and I was like, where is he from? Where is he from? I'm like, oh, I looked of course at, at IMDb. I'm like, oh, he's Yosarian from from um, Catch Twenty Two miniseries on on Hulu, which I I love Catch Twenty Two in general, and I really love that that miniseries. Derek, if you've never seen it and you, you uh, are going to do a, a second like um, special se- season of of um, your podcast, I really, I would, I would like to cover that one um, because I, I just love Catch Twenty Two and I, I love his character as Josarian and his his acting in that. And yeah, like you get that too here. I think it's just a very weird movie. It's it, it's not my type of like um, film house movie, but but. And I am very confused about how it ended. I don't did they, did they really? I guess like if they're that connected of a company or organization, I would think that they finished the job some way somehow. Um, because she wasn't really like prying on on her like oh you you messed up or anything like that at the end of of um of messing up the job because she didn't kill the the CEO guy. But I'm sure they they figured out some way to to kill him off in the end. So maybe Sean Bean did die in the end. But but yeah, I do. It's a very uh, it's it is a mind bender of a movie. I think I liked the contrast between the beginning and the end for the main character. You get that clear sense of like like okay, she was like kind of like torn, both her mind completely torn in multiple different ways and then like her whether she wanted to commit to like this life or not torn in different ways as well and i think that with the conclusion you get that kind of like okay she's like all in in every sense of the word word essentially like you know she essentially kills off inadvertently like kills off her connections to like the world that she I don't know if I'd say inadvertently. I think it was kind of intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, it's kind of like, yeah, that's the thing that, that I kind of question of, like, uh, that whole end scene with, with well, like, kind of like the penultimate scene where he, she and, and um, Colin are, are kind of, like, talking to each other inside their, their mind, I guess you can say, or his mind at this point. And I, I, I really would, I think that's like a key scene that, that I might need some explanation on, on how that works out. And like, yeah, I guess like she just essentially broke in a way. And yeah, like she did kill her family, but also like, it, it, it's very comp, like it's a, I think I, I, that's why I'm having hard times like coming up with like thoughts because it is a very complex movie and, um, and yeah, so like, but I did enjoy, and I got the point at least of the endings, kind of beginning to end of the differences of like 
her essentially like not being fully into this life and like essentially about to like take over like is it taking over full like she want like i guess just essentially be the the owner of that corporation or or whatever her boss is like protege and say she says like you know i'll make you my my like partner my successor essentially because like she can't do put that much strain on her mind i guess and yeah so like at the end she's like all in because of that whole moment of like she doesn't feel guilt anymore of killing and i think that's like kind of like sub it's kind of like implied that that was subconsciously that's why she didn't like kill herself in the other people's bodies like that's what kept her from killing herself in other people's bodies because like she was like um not fully in but at the end with the whole like her not saying that she feels guilty about killing that that butterfly and mounting it kind of implies like yeah she's like kind of like stone cold hard just a fucking now. sociopath I, at the I end think, yeah I, I think it's kind of being over complicated and, then, and since i thought of it very simple as like because she's having to play these parts and be other people and she has to still be herself but the thing is she keeps taking people over and having a assimilate to who they are, and then I think w- w- when she couldn't kill herself at times, I think it was more of like her mental frame. Her mental frame was just kind of like deteriorating. So the uh, the possessee right would mm-hmm. be kind of breaking through and kind of fi- yeah. fighting that instinctual thing. And then at the end, I thought that was more of her finally like she cracked at the at her son's death. Her, she essentially killed her son. Like, yeah. So after seeing that, and her family's gone, essentially, I feel like it was kind of like a, a one bad day kind of Joker snap, where she's like, "All right, I'm. It's over. Like, this is my life now. This is what I'm going to be doing." She doesn't feel I, the 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 her looking at the butterfly and saying, "I like. Do you feel guilty about it?" And she's like, "No." And then her boss being like, "Oh, very good." That was pretty much the moment where her boss is like, cool, I got her, sweet. I'm going to use this bitch for the rest of her life, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm just going to use her as my prime assassin. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the way I thought of it more as, is like, too many, men, too many personalities she's trying to assimilate with and try to learn. And then I feel like it's just the, the minds kind of breaking into each other. Yeah. So do you think that she is completely herself at the end? Or do you think that? kind of like a pacific rim kind of situation where there's like a little bit of mind melds and and stuff like that i know that this movie kind of reminded me a little bit especially with the the machine itself and the mechanics kind of reminding me of like i i don't i'm sure um alan you've watched this movie but the cell with unfortunately jennifer yeah uh i haven't seen it in a while but yeah 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 kind of similar kind of things of of and then also it of course that theme i can't think of a movie off the top of my head but i know that that these movies kind of exist and that theme of, you know, possessing somebody's body and stuff like that. Like, um, not really body, body snatchers that mechanic doesn't work happen, but I mean, yeah, it kind of reminded me one of that, those, uh, being John Malkovich, it's kind of that, reminded that, me a little that's bit. One yeah. Of them too, yeah. 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 But that whole like warning of like, don't, don't like, you know, accumulate, like, you know, know, know the difference between yourself and the other person kind of thing. And, and I I can't for the I I'm I can't think of any movie, but I know there's movies I've watched them that that this kind of mechanic comes into play. But but yeah, like um, do you think at the end like she is completely herself and that she won't get corrupted as much as she 
Because, yeah, I think definitely, like, when she went into Colin's, like, you know, mind, and she was too weak to and to hold on to that kind of barrier and boundary between the two of them, that, that that's why they, cra that's why she, like, cracked inside of him and, like, kept losing control. But do you think now that she, now that she, like, I guess doesn't have any kind of con in connection outside of this world that she is living in? forever it seems do you think now she kind of like is in more control of that of like being able to jump into people's minds and just assimilate yeah she's definitely cracked i i i honestly like right at the end i was like yeah she she just went through so much trauma that i feel that it was easy for her to be like yeah i'm just gonna do this now because she's done like her family's dead. She's been going through so much trauma and stress, having to go through all these different bodies and all these experiences. I, I think she finally just cracked. And uh, cra that's cracked it. Means, means like that she's like can't do the work, but but you're I saying mean, like, I'm saying cracked in the sense of like she's like a shell of her of her previous self. Like she's like she's kind of running on autopilot, maybe. Like she's mm -hmm. like, all right. All this, you know, people dissociate. Uh, so my assumption is that now she's just like this shell of who she used to be. And now, because she, she didn't feel guilty for the butterfly. And that instant for me, that was her just being like, yeah, I don't care anymore. Yeah, just, I mean, the way that oh, sorry, I did Okay, because so I, I kind of had the similar uh, thoughts as you, Alan, where it's like, yeah, she is kind of trying to hold on to this objective morality in humanity that is within herself, and then her her boss, played by Jennifer Jason Lee's at the beginning, says, "You can't, you've got to, can't have this double life." And you even see when she goes back to her family, she's rehearsing being herself in the same way that she is rehearsing being someone else when she's about to jump into somebody's body. There's all those parallels, and so when you see her, like even when she's just being regular her, and she's like, "Okay, I've got to be me," she's got to practice it so she has lost so much humanity by being this person and how much was lost before the start of the movie and how much she just didn't have that humanity at the beginning is we don't really know but you do see her trying to hold on to something at the beginning of the film and then by the end of the film she's ready to shoot her young child in the face and hack up her husband with a meat cleaver and she's just completely just like, you know, you were saying, Alan, kind of cracked and just lost any sense of right and wrong and just is kind of like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care that I'm pulling off the wings off butterflies. I don't care that I'm murdering my family and children and stuff like that. It's like she's just gone full Medea. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, I think, I think I knew that, that I was going to have a little bit more clarity, like talking, talking about it with you guys. Because it is definitely a movie that's just like, what did I just watch? Kind of thing, <laughs> like a Cronenberg mm -hmm. movie is. I'm I'm sure that there's a lot of met metaphors that and things and little things that it's it just. I don't know if it's because I'm tired, but it kind of went over my my head. It, it I is like, very I, I got, sensory I got, like, overload as well. Like there's just uh -huh. a lot going on, you know, and there's just. What I th this is the movie I really really like a lot is like when it's sensory overload, and you just see all these like colors and effects and just everything's 
fucking wacky and crazy. Like the sex scene of her when where she's um, Colin and he's like sleeping with his girlfriend, and then you see her kind of going in, and, and then gay? she. Yeah, she has a a fucking huge dick and shit, and you're just like, whoa, like, like, that's a lot to take in sometimes. You're like, oh, okay, cool, there it is. You see that, and then, you know, the scene where Colin takes off, like, crushes her face, and then puts it on as a mask. Like, Mm -hmm. I love scenes like that that are just, but it's a lot of, it's sensory overload, so sometimes you're just seeing so much of that, and you're following the story where you're just like, holy shit, like, a lot's going on. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, he never really gained back any kind of, like, understanding. Because, like, it, it did, is it kind of, like, implied that he always, he was planning already to kill her? Because he, he goes to, like, his, like, I guess, mistress or whatever, the, her friend, essentially. And, like, after, like, he, he did, they, I guess you could say, killed the, killed, you know, the girlfriend and then the, then tried to kill the, the father and stuff and um and then he's like says i did it i did it and it's like is it is he saying it like and he said he says like so we could be together and is it kind of like just him trying to like rationalize it in his mind that's how i took it why, that he was like okay, trying to ju- he he's it? like he's like i just did this horrible thing and i don't understand it and i had this out of body experience why uh-huh. did i do this and then he's like talking to her and like he's so just jumbled and doesn't understand he's just got memories he's like oh well i did this i I must have done it for you and he's just kind of like saying whatever comes to his mind i think that and he is so broken um that i think that he just doesn't even he's just kind of saying like what oh well i did this this must be why i have to justify it in some way Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i think it isn't until like they try to recalibrate her that he gains a little bit more like um the colin persona Gains a little bit more like understanding of what's going on, and like I, I guess like that's when he sees the difference between the, them, and like kind of like, understands like oh, there's like a parasite, yeah, a parasite I, essentially like in my mind, and yeah, like I mean the the dialogue with the I I at the end too, like with his with his hus with her their husband <laughs> her her husband, it, it went in the in a, in a very like. Di- uh, zigzaggy way than I thought it was going to be like once he started with the metaphor of like you know the cat you know the warm and all that I was like I but then you're saying like the wife uh, I'm, I'm getting kind of I think like just kind of using the wife as like the analogy of like getting the warm just kind of confused me but I got what he's saying just a, a little like that's what the dialogue is definitely like that kind of like Cronenberg dialogue of I'm sure of like very zigzaggy and complex in a way, maybe disjointed a little. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm yeah. sure if I think about this movie more, it'll clear up a little bit more in my mind. But that's just how I'm yeah. See that now. that's why I always try to watch <laughs> watch these movies like a few days in advance, especially with oh, something no. like this. It, it, I wouldn't have been able to clear it up unless I talked <laughs> to you guys anyway. I feel like, yeah, no. Yeah, because no, I, I mean, I have been like thinking about it for like the past couple days since I watched it. Because yeah, this is one of those movies that really it itself is like a parasite that kind of gets in your mind and makes you just think about well, why was she doing this? What was going on here? And I think it has a lot of interesting themes about identity and duality and the self that we present to the world and the self that we actually are and oh, we have these horrible thoughts and as long as we don't act on them, are we good? And we do feel, we feel guilt and who are we really? And 
and I thought all of that was very interesting. It does. I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't call this a horror movie. To me, it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. horror. It felt like more of like a thriller or like a suspense mm-hmm. film, um, mm-hmm. with some obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely some of that. Then I also my my experience with Cronenberg, um, the senior Cronenberg, uh, David is I haven't seen a lot of his earlier body horror type stuff. I've I saw a lot of stuff that he did in the 2000s with Vigo, where he was just like, "Here's Vigo fighting a Russian guy with his dick out." Like he did a lot of that in like the 2000s. Um, I've never, I haven't seen his recent stuff. I I I haven't seen Crimes of the Future, but I I didn't know. Didn't he do like a History of Violence? History like, of Violence and History um, of Violence, where essentially it has like a very like out of nowhere, also out of nowhere sex scene as well yeah. on a staircase, and then Eastern <laughs> Promises as well. Um, which I, do, I like um, both those movies a lot. Robert Pattinson didn't do didn't he do a movie with uh, him Cosmopolis? Too? Yeah, there you go. I was yeah. like, it's like yeah. Metropolis, something like yeah. that. Yeah, he he did kind of get back to his his body horror roots with Crimes of the Future, but he was kind of doing more existential stuff in the. I guess he's always been existential, but just kind of like uh, more grounded stuff in like the two thousands and the twenty tens. Um, which is, you know, what I'm more familiar with. And there's definitely a lot of existential stuff in here. And you guys both kind of touched on the crazy visuals in here, which I think were the most impressive thing to me. And the way, like, when she first transports into his brain and she's like a wax figure and she's just, like, fucking melting and then she, like, reformulates as him and the colors in that scene are so intense. There's all a lot of, like, really interesting colors. I'd love to hear, like, somebody who you know, is more informed about uh, than I am about like color theory and stuff and how that relates to film of how, what they thought about that. But there is a lot of that really cool visual stuff. I think one of the most interesting parts is when she's kind of getting pulled out and she's just kind of seeing her like ripped away at like, and it's just so visceral. And then he comes back and I was like, damn, I don't know how they did that. If it was like CG or like they used some old school tricks. Cause my, to my eye, it looked fucking incredible. Um, Where it was kind of like her, like he had like half of her face like on him. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. And then I think it was practical. I think it was very mm-hmm. much like a mask that had like in between them, and then like they kind of both pulled at, away from each other, and then like yeah. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did some kind of mix of practical and CG because that's always what's going to look the best. I think is if you have something practical, and then you just kind of like make it, give it a little extra sheen, make it um, get get rid of any of the creases in it with the the CG kind of like overlay. You know, I had to guess probably some kind of combination. But yeah, uh I thought all that was was super interesting. I do like films that like we're talking about that have those kind of themes of just that they're it's set in like a, mostly a real world. This is set in like they call it like an alternate 2008 when I was reading about it, but it's set in like the real world, but there's just one thing that's a little different. You know, there's something there's a little a little off like inception is another one of my favorites where it's like okay yeah it's the real world but we just have this technology where we can go into dreams and this one's like it's the real world except we can drill a hole in your brain and stick somebody in there and conceptually all that stuff was really cool i think this movie was the right length i could only find the uncut version um Mm -hmm. on hulu uh, but that was still like an hour 45 so like i like that this movie did not overstay its welcome all it was nice and short it kind of set out what it intended to do it was maybe a little 
depressing for me. It was a little, very, it was very, very cynical. Like this movie is is like one of the most cynical movies I've seen in a while. Uh, I am more of a fan of just the kind of bittersweet movies. But this one is just like, yeah, everyone is terrible, and the at the end of the day. You know, you're just going to be, you've got to be an awful person to get what you want, I guess, is what it was saying. I don't know. Um, but I, 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 Yeah, oh, sorry. I'll go ahead and finish. I was going to say, yeah, pretty much everybody except for the girlfriend in it, I, I really, really despised. Um, uh, but they were all, the actors were all great. You know, obviously, Sean Bean's always good, even though he's got a small part, Jennifer Jason Lee. And then I was not familiar with either um, of the leads, uh, Andrea... Uh, Winsbro or Christopher Abbott and Christopher Abbott, like him basically playing two roles of someone who is just talking to himself and having his mind ripped in every other direction. I thought he was absolutely incredible. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I am now interested uh, that you mentioned it, Ariel, to check out Catch-22 because oh, yeah. I've no, heard please. that's a really good miniseries. Um, please catch. But yeah, yeah, this is, uh, it, it might not have been a movie that I would have watched on my own because I uh, I know that this is a movie that is, it's kind of one of those movies that it is a cult hit. It's a niche kind of movie. Like, I feel like everybody who's seen this movie that I talk to, they fucking love it. But not that many people have seen it. Like, I look when you look it up, it's got, like, really good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a really high letterbox score. But it's it's much more of a cult hit. It's much more of, a, like, mm-hmm. an underground. Which makes sense for the son of uh, David Cronenberg. Because he is all about just, like, making these weird movies that, like three people will see and they're all fucking like it'll be their favorite movie and nobody else will see it um so i'm always kind of like interested when i can get more into something that i wouldn't come across on my own yeah it's definitely a movie i wouldn't have seen if we we were on this i don't uh i don't really this isn't really my niche of of niche of, of movie to watch like yeah like the, for the for the senior cronenberg like I think the only one that I might be interested in watching maybe is a history of violence. History of violence is fucking incredible. That's a masterpiece. Yeah. But because there's just so many moments that like, I, I, those kind of like scenes and stuff like that kind of like take me out of it a bit. And that, and that's just me. That's just my, my, I, I I have a, I, I'm not really like, um, drawn into, or like think of those, all those like kind of weird kind of psychedelic scenes and then going back to i really the one like downfall of this movie i would say is that i didn't really feel anything for for the main the woman uh tess is it tess or uh boss um, i think or boss but, yeah yeah boss. yeah boss or anything like that really truly i wish she would have like just died like <laughs> for sure it's so funny because like um I, I when i was i was on letterbox uh, reading reviews uh, today on my break, and like, yeah, a lot of people actually had the same sentiment where they're like, dude, like, like there's people who loved it, and then the people who were kind of like bashing on it, essentially were saying like, I have no fucking care for any of these characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know who to root for. Like, I just everyone. It's just kind of like how Derek said it. It's so cynical and it's so like, well, yeah, everyone's a piece of shit. Like, like well, I don't know. I, 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 sorry, go ahead. Oh no! Yeah, no. I cared about like the people that essentially like going back to the the parasite kind of thing. I I care even if they weren't good people. The characters that essentially were preyed upon, like the woman in the beginning, essentially all the people that they 
you know, except infected. for Sean Bean, he fucking sucked in this movie. He was such a uh, dick. No, Sean Bean. No, Sean Bean did. I'm talking about the people that had. The I'm like, hit him again with head. that fucking fire stick yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Sean Bean. Uh, uh no, like uh, essentially all the characters that were implanted. Like, even though, like, yeah, it kind of turned out that that um, Yasarian's Colin's character was like a cheater and stuff like that, and and. I was really hoping that he wasn't. I was like, I was like, <laughs> but, but still, like, I kind of have like, uh, I feel bad for him in the end, more so than 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 um than a boss for sure, and her, her bosses. Also, I feel bad for yeah, her family and her husband, especially since he's like essentially, I could only imagine like he's essentially like trying to figure out why she pulled away from him and like their marriage and all that. And uh, so, so yeah, it, it, I, I, there's people in this movie that I sympathize for, but the the main Voss, the, they did not give me anything to grasp on her to to um, sympathize with. And I think think I think that's that, the point, though. You kinda, know, uh, yeah, but really, truly, like I like like Alan was saying I did not really care what what Oh I I knew you were going to hate this movie Ariel. Like I mean I I I I was the same way where I, I was like I I I also would like yeah I I was I, I was kind of feeling the same way. Um Well I wouldn't say like hey it's just like a movie that that there's there's I I see like shortcomings in um, but I know that some people you know wouldn't say that short these as shortcomings they'll just see it as like a you know artistic uh, whatever um yeah. but but yeah i, I do really me. want to hear what alan had to had to think about it because he this is you this is your pick alan like you i know that you're gonna you're gonna uh i want to hear why yeah what made you be like you know what this is the movie we're gonna i'm not trying to like knock it or anything but like you're the you're the guy here uh essentially well one of my favorite reviews i saw on letterbox what i even liked it was I'm a huge slut, at paraphrasing, I'm a huge slut for extreme gore and synthesizer soundtracks. And I was I like, I saw that same comment. Yeah. I liked it too. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, that's exactly what I like. And that's exactly what I was looking for. I just dig these movies. Like, it is a niche genre, like you guys were saying. And I kind of like the cynical, almost like nihilistic kind of endings. Like, this ending was fucking sad. Mm. I, I was watching it in the morning. What, like, couple months ago when i first saw it and my girlfriend woke up and she was like dude what the fuck it's like 10 a.m why are you watching this like it's so sad like she she got she woke up right when like her husband and and son died and i was like fuck you missed the dick you missed the scene where she had a dick that shit was wild (laughs) but i i just love this shit man like i love like i know how you guys were saying or ariel was saying that like those scenes the psychedelic scenes kind of take you out for me like draws me in and i love that feeling i love colors like like i love wacky strong colors all over the place like like uh beyond the black rainbow or uh suspiria is a big one um mandy oh she's also in mandy too um the the main actress yeah she's in it too she's uh one of the main characters and uh that movie is so colorful synthesizer heavy like that's just what I love, and I guess that's like yeah. my niche. So yeah, I, I got a movie for you, Alan. Yeah. Uh, it's called Annihilation. I have seen it, and it's yeah. pretty great. I, yeah. I've yeah. read the book too. Yeah, I like color. I think it's just the the body dysmorphia just gets me. 
It's oh, the just, body horror. The body horror is also yeah. like. I, it's like not even. It's not the body horror. Oh, yeah, body horror, I guess. But like, like um, I like vibrant colors. I think I I haven't watched Mandy, but I think I like Mandy just because story wise. But but yeah, it's very much like the like what kind of things like that. I that, love that shit. A little, yeah. Like I, I like I, colors though. Yeah. I, I think what kind of got me into that was like growing up. I think one film that really fucked with me that made me kind of like. I, I, I don't know if some listeners now, now it's, the internet's a lot better, but, you know, quotes, quote unquote. But back then, you kind of just ran into a lot of shit and you're like, oh, what the fuck is that? And you discovered things and you just go, holy shit. And it's kind of like, you know, you're not supposed to look at that shit. And I'm not saying anything, like, it's just horrible shit back when the, the internet was wild, wild wild west and then you know people are like you should check this out and you go okay i guess and you see it and you go oh my god that's fucked up or it's trippy it's wild and then uh at, at end of evangelion the the film for the ending of you know, genesis evangelion that film is just it's it's one of those things where you you, you kind of want to hide and you don't want to look and i guess that's Something triggered in me very young where I was like, I don't want to look, but I have to. Like, I still have to watch it. And, like, it's like this weird masochistic, I guess. Is it sadomasochistic? Mm. When it's to yourself? <laughs> like, I kind of, like, like to torture myself with weird visuals like that. Even though I'm, I love seeing it, it's like this weird, like, it's like a drug where I'm like, I have to see it. And it just like, mm-hmm. it pulls me in and it's a trip. And that, that's always been something that pulls me in. So yeah. Yeah. I I think was... the... Oh, I'm mm-hmm. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, um, just, Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Go ahead. Um, I think like my, my threshold, uh, like going to like your Evangelion kind of thing. I think my threshold would be like the level that is shown in like Akira, you know, yeah. that kind of level. I think that that's what, and I'm sure that that's like what, what Evangelion might have been as well a little bit because of that one just if you guys thought this movie was cynical that end of Evangelion just takes it like past 11 like it just doesn't it just wants you to fuck it because I saw that when I was like 12 like our mm-hmm. our, pre, our old co-host Fred showed it to me we watched it together and as a 12 year old I was like this is fucked up I was like this is sad <laughs> And I was just like, I remember that film stayed with me for like months and I kind of got out over it. And I was like, I need more. I was like, I, I, I just, it was like, I took a bad hit of something and I, I just kind of fell into it. But, um, yeah, yeah. Like I'm okay with the cynical ending and stuff. That's why I was like, I like the contrast. <laughs> I, I like the contrast be- between, you know, the two, the beginning and the end. Like cynical endings aren't my favorite, but I'm okay with them. Like if it's like told in a way and like that I could appreciate, I did appreciate that. Just the kind of cynical, like yeah, she's like all in kind of thing and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. Well, well, Ariel, it's reminded me a lot of like (laughs) what you and I were talking about on when we were talking about on you've never seen, and uh, you had me watch Summerstock, and I was like, Mm -hmm. I can appreciate this movie, right? I can appreciate how well made it is and stuff like that and all the performances but this is not my kind of movie this this 50s style very big big bravado musical is not my kind of thing and i also brought up i was like there's some movies that alan might suggest 
that would not be my thing necessarily either, but I can still appreciate them. I can still mm-hmm. appreciate, like I said, all the, the effects in this, all the, you know, the great acting, all this stuff, like the, all these things that it's it's saying and all these me- all the messages about not feeling like you're at home in your own body and what that might mean for, you know, like, is it a, like a, saying, trying to say something like as a trans metaphor or just like people just in general not fitting in. I appreciate all those things, but like, I didn't have a good time watching it. Uh, you know, <laughs> so that's the best. That's what I love. I lo- I kind of it's like a it's like you're going into a a haunted house at like Universal Studios, and you're just like I kind of want to fucking leave. Like now <laughs> you're like getting uncomfortable. I kind of I like sitting in that. But mm-hmm. funny enough, I like sitting in that, but with comedy films, like a lot of like I can't. Oh, we had I, I just this conversation I, before. Yeah. Yeah, I sit there and I'm like, oh no, I don't. I, I hate don't cringe be comedy. Here. I fucking hate yeah, cringe. I can't deal with I it. Dude, you, Alan, have you ever watched "Don't Help Me, I'm Scared"? Wait, they're these fucking Wait, YouTube videos. Me. Oh, those. Okay, those. That, yeah, and they made fucking... an actual show out of it. And it's those are like the most like body horror like comedy, but they're like puppets, and it's like so. It's like cringe comedy and body horror all at once. So it's all the shit we're talking about. I didn't feel it was too cringe comedy. It was more uncomfortable. Like yeah. I didn't see. I haven't seen the show, but I, I, every time they dropped a new episode, because they would do it like every year, they would do one video, mm-hmm. and I had to watch it because I was like, "Oh my god, this shit is so fucking weird." They wake I had up. To they watch just it. The, the don't <laughs> new don't hug me. I'm scared. Just dropped. Legit. Absolutely. I think also like the rehearsal is is like. I fucking like, love the rehearsal. I do fucking love the rehearsal. The rehearsal is brilliant. Is, is it kind of like along the same lines though? No, I think the rehearsal okay. is pretty different. The rehearsal is, it's kind of cringe, but it's, it is very, it's just kind of like, very, it's ex- and it's existential in the same way, but it's, it's a lot more like inward and like hopeful and, okay. you know, same thing with, uh, but that, that Nathan. same, that same, yeah, that same, um, host of the, of the, yeah, I was going to say it's, it's like- Nathan Fielder, who's the same guy who did Nathan for you, which I'm also a really big fan of all of. Nathan Fielder stuff, I think, is brilliant, but I wouldn't really compare it to this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think like Alan, you know, you're okay watching it and stuff like that. Overall, Derek, you're you're like <laughs> I hate it. I didn't like. I didn't I hate felt. it. You know. For, I no, hate- yeah, no, no. I mean, you're like I didn't like how I felt while I watched it, and then for me, mm-hmm. I was just. I think I'm just like too confused, kind of thing. <laughs> like to like, like yeah, you were saying about like oh, you know, you could appreciate him like. I don't know. Like I'm like a very much like I don't I don't know. Like I there's elements where I'm like because like yeah the the calling the guy that played Colin and I was like I like him as an actor. I liked how his performance felt. You know that's really probably why I like felt bad for him for the most part. I think that if um if we saw a little bit more Voss at the beginning, like going back to that, I, she she the things that she was in liked her in but i think like we weren't given enough time with her as a character like alone which i guess is the the point maybe That's yeah i don't need I any like more time I'm... with her fuck she sucks <laughs> yeah but yeah it, it reminds me of something that we were talking about a couple podcasts ago when we had uh alex kairos on from beyond the screenplay and we we're talking about the new world and i w- we were kind of talking about like oh when you see a movie and you're not sure if you like it right away, and you're like, I got to think about this. And I had that experience with the new world. And I was like, you know what? I did like this. 
And then with this one, I did. I was like, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy watching it, but maybe if I think about it a little more, I will like the movie. And I did say on that time, on that podcast, usually I end up like coming around and liking the movie. Didn't didn't work out here, I will say. But I, I do appreciate that this movie had that effect on me, where I was like, you know, what? I really gotta, I really gotta think about this. I really gotta like stew in these these feelings of uncomfortability that this movie has given me and regardless of where I landed I do appreciate that in a movie that it is having a, an effect on me after that I can't just like you know after I finish watching it, I'm like that was fine and I turn it off I'd much rather have an experience where I was like that was uncomfortable why did it make me uncomfortable what is it saying um than something where it's just like it's fine it's over whatever yeah and and you know what I I, I appreciate that more because even I go through that too where I watch a movie and I go oh, well let me sit on it because there, there's films, obviously, that you watch, and you're immediately, you're like, I fucking hate everything about this. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're watching 10 minutes in, and you're like, no, nah, I don't want it. Like, you know, for me, 40-year-old version, fucking all those Jet Apatow movies, I watch them, and I'm like, I fucking hate this. And I don't appreciate anything about it. But, like, with Requiem for a Dream, which is, like, a good movie, fucking, that movie is just, like, it sticks with you, and it's, you appreciate yeah, it for what it is. Iffy about watching it myself. Like I, I always tell people, I'm like, it's a great movie. I'll never fucking watch it again. I like, I, I it just that's it great just, with the fireflies for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're just like, nah, you know what? It was great. I hear that a lot about Grave with Fireflies, and it's like, it, like that movie is just so heavy. Like I took a shower when I finished it. Like, and I remember some buddies were like, "You want to go drinking?" And I was like, "Not really." Like I just, I kind of want to. <laughs> I want to go to bed. Like, it just... Ugh. But you appreciate it after it. And I'm like, I, I appreciate the experience I went through. And I'm like, and, and that's cool. Like, you're... I think it's completely okay to be like, I didn't like it, but I appreciated the experience that it gave me. Because, that, like, it's very powerful that a film or a TV show can give you that feeling. That can make you feel uncomfortable or happy or sad, whatever. I think that's really powerful. So when I hear you guys say that, it makes me laugh because I'm like, I was hoping you guys would feel these weird things like, of like, oh, what the fuck? And da, 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 da. So with that, I'm happy. But like, yeah, but they are shitty movies, of course. Now like, you're like, fuck this. I don't want to watch mm-hmm. it. And I will say it's the right length for a movie like that. Like, Absolutely. it's not something like where I had to watch like a fucking like 18 episode miniseries that it's just like, why am I still watching this? This is making me so. It's like an it's you know an hour forty five. Watched it and I was like, okay, cool. I don't have to live in this world any longer. I can th- think about it maybe a little bit, but I'm not like I'm invested at this point. I have to keep going. So it, it was a the right amount of uh, uh there's a nice short movie for what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, perfect for me. It was perfect length. I was like, cool. I'm done. That was it. It was great. Yeah, any final thoughts on the film or any other films that you guys feel like kind of got you in that similar feeling that you enjoyed, though, that you're like, okay, this was cool. And it could be happy or sad or (laughs) exciting, whatever. I mean, it's kind of easy to say happy because we get all these great blockbusters every year. So you're pretty happy to go watch, you know, Black Panther or, or, you know, Batman, whatever. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The first one that comes to mind, it's one that I actually just saw, and I walked out of it, and I was like, I don't know if I really dug it, and it's the new uh, Martin McDonough movie, The Banshees of Inisherin, um, which, you know, I've, I've talked about before on this podcast how I'm a really big fan of Martin McDonough, we covered Seven Psychopaths, so I, I love all of his films, and I watched it, and I was like, that was good, but I don't know how I felt about it after, and then, like, a, after, like, a couple days, I was like, this might be my favorite movie of the year, like, it's, it's, it's at least in, like, my top three the more I'm just thinking about it, I'm like, man, it was so powerful, and you know, I won't spoil anything, but it, it's 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 really just a great movie. I think it's out right now in theaters. It's probably going to be a big Oscar contender, and it's one that I had to sit with a lot, and it did give me a lot of complex emotions. But in the end, I came away being like, I did really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can't really think of ones that like off the top of my head of of kind of like that I had to, I sat with and said like came up with like oh no yeah I did like it but the one that like I I I, I cuz I thought you were going to say like, oh the one that made you feel cringy also and I'm well, like cringy oh, yeah, yeah if it made you feel yeah. cringy yeah was um uncut gems like I literally had to walk out, walk out like halfway through and and cuz I was just like I can't I can't I can't like I I this is just too much like and yeah I and that's a movie like I will only watch once like I do not have, I do not want to watch that movie again, <laughs> ever again, just because like it is a good, it is a good movie and stuff like that. But it's just so, it just like makes me feel all like tight and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's like anxiety. The movie, that movie. Mm-hmm. I I want to see it. I, you guys always, you guys mentioned that, and then someone else the other day told me that they're like, oh, it's my favorite movie, but they're like, I, I have to sit. You know, like I have to watch it in parts because it's just too anxiety ridden. And I was like, "Oh shit, okay." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all of yeah. the good amount of the Safdie brothers movies are like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I've just seen parts of of Good Time, but Good Time is like essentially the same kind of thing of like self, uh, self destruction. It the movie essentially is both. That's what the Safdie brothers do: is is self destruction. Yeah. Self destruction. I guess the movie that kind of made me think like that, like you, Derek, was uh, actually the same movie that came out. A uh, movie that came out this year was uh, Nope. I walked out mm-hmm. of it the first time, and I was like, I don't know if I like that. And then kind of let it sit with me. And then when we went to go watch it together, sec- when I, I think I saw it the second time with you guys, I was like, Oh yeah, best movie, uh, favorite movie of the year. I immediately was like, I love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it, I love how it stuck with me, and like it kind of made me creeped out, and I just kept like. I don't know. I always felt like something was watching me, and like it was great. Like I love that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that was a positive one, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Oh well, I'm glad to hear you guys talk about the film. But yeah, would you guys want to recommend it to anybody at all? If you are a Cronenberg fan and of that feel and status of the movie, genre. then then yeah, like go for it. If you aren't, then then you know that. Then yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, 
Yeah, I can't recommend it to like a, a general wide audience, but if you're somebody who's yeah. like, hey, I like these cult underground or like anxiety ridden films, you know, I th- I think you'll you'll enjoy it. So if you, I mean, people are like people are pretty good at self selecting with this kind of cult movie. I feel like um, so uh, to a certain crowd, I think you know, if you like the psychodrama kind of shit like that, then sure, go for it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, cool. All right, and now our shameless plugs. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> Um, I, I have another podcast called um, You've Never Seen Question Mark X Point where um, either I or my guests uh, talk about a movie that they've never seen but is considered a part of pop culture and cinematic history. So please check that out. It comes out the first of every month. We will be having a December one with, with Alan on um, A Bumpet Christmas Carol. So yeah, go and check that one out. But yeah, uh, we also do a couple other shows. I've got I'm right now, as Ariel alluded to earlier, in the middle of doing my season two of my Gateway Episodes podcast where someone introduces me or I introduce someone else to a TV show and we are looking at specifically miniseries here um, and we'll do that by looking at one episode of the miniseries. Uh, So go ahead and listen to it right now. We've got episodes every Wednesday um, and that is going till about the end of the year. uh, So you can check that out. Um, I've also got my podcast on the mcu infinity stones and dragon bones definitely go check that out um we just did an episode on black panther uh with perry constantine from um the superhero cinephiles podcast uh black Panther will kind of forever i should say um and that that was a lot of fun um and yeah that about does it for us um check us out on all the social media apps you know instagram facebook all that stuff you can email us at undercastcompany at gmail.com uh, and if you guys can give us a review, um, give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple or however you're listening to us, it really, really helps the show get noticed or just tell somebody about the show. Um, and if you want to go the extra mile, um, we have a Patreon uh, starting as low as a dollar a month where you can get access to our bonus podcast, uh, the Undercast Film Club. Um, so we're doing some cool stuff with that. We're going to be doing a end-of-the-year best-of episode. Um, and then we are also coming up for this podcast on our 100th episode pretty soon. We've only got two episodes left. Uh, we're going to be talking about Stardust, um, and we're going to be doing a watch-along for Stardust on our Discord. Uh, so check out our Discord um, for any more info on that. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys all for listening. Hi, right, thanks for being amazing. Thank you, everybody, and take it easy.